Gentlemen, start your engine. Good afternoon, radio. For those who don't know, Radio Hotler. Thanks for coming and making time. It's on everybody's mind. For those who don't know, there's a big shebang. Sorry about that. Diabolical uh, um, um, technical goodies. Radio Hotler. Oh, cheers, boys. Cheers. Cheers. You need a reset. Yeah, I know I need a reset. I always need Finish a reset. Finish the scrunching? Yeah, I might have. They've got a lot of bloody spe- rosemary spe- in spe- there, haven't they? Well, I don't know, have they? Yeah, I bloody have. I wouldn't know. I wouldn't know. I saw a jacket on. Yes. This has got Porsche. It's very nice. I like it. Stolen from the northern hemisphere <laughs> suburb. The suburb? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good to see you got nothing again. Yeah, yeah, that's alright. G'day viewers and welcome to Radio Hot Lap episode 89. I'm here with JP who can't get the grin off his face because he's got a light beer in his hand and nothing else around him. No help Absolutely at all. nothing whatsoever viewers. You put on a bit I'm of weight. You put on a bit of weight lately. I haven't put any weight. Have a go at you. I haven't. You're a fatty blob. I'm not. you got a new watch. I haven't got a, a new, new watch. Ring, a new it's wife. Not a new, I haven't no got a new... No wonder you bag a cow. You're hopeless. You're full of debt. I'm not full of debt. <laughs> G'day viewers and welcome to that crazy zany podcast that takes a light-hearted look at the world of local and international motorsport, cool emerging technology, gadgets and barbecues. But not much barbecue weather here tonight. No, it's, it's bloody barbecue miserable. Canazy, but we're on the way out. It's only uh, a couple of weeks before the end of uh, winter and then we'll be on to spring. That's right. And the, spring. the days are getting brighter. Have you noticed how bright it is in the mornings? Oh, now? it's so bright when I get up at nine. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, those of us who get up at 6.30 can actually see the sun now. It was getting very dark there for a while, but we're back into the on the way. Well, I like spring because, you know, it's the time when, you know, the birds chirp. And just like uh, in uh, Python, all I want to do is sing, sing, <laughs> stop it. <laughs> Idiot. What are you drinking? What's making you so crazy? I'm having a lovely... Torbrick from the Barossa Valley. Then oh, 2007, seen again. I haven't seen Dennis because Dennis has been in Knoxville, Tennessee with International Paulie and Crusher yep. watching the sprint cars. Oh, so I haven't seen him at all. The sprint cars. Sprint cars. I haven't been watching Marcus win his first. No, buddy. but it was that weekend. Yeah. Yes, but we did that last weekend. So yeah. you're a bit late and you don't have any information, so you could forget about cutting the Excellent presenters, grass of last weekend, V8 Central. Chris up in Sydney did a great show. Fantastic Came organised. Absolutely. Well, he hmm. would. He's had all year to get ready for it. Well, he's just an organised kind of guy, like yourself. So, no, anyway, rewinding the 07 Woodcutters <laughs> Shiraz. 07? Hey. 07? You got that out early. It's actually a bit of a James Bond special because uh, if you cut the two off. Mm-hmm. It's a double A7. Idiot. What about yourself? Spare me. Gherkinhead. I'm on the uh, on the light beer again. Light beer. Being the responsible person that I am. Yeah, but it is Thursday, and you do actually. Viewers, it's 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 interesting that we should point out that every Thursday up the Bath Hotel at four four p.m. they have their directors meeting, directors meeting, which is all about drinking piss and then arguing with each other and see who's got the worst signal on their three G iPhone. But that's another story later on. It's discussing what's been happening. 
What has been happening? Well, Pro Services is very busy, which means I'm very busy, which is why I've got no preparation done. This is a motorsport show. I, look, I've told you before. And you have to just make time. When retail's no crap. So you should have got Sonia here tonight because she's had plenty of time to research. No, it's not about Sonia Sonia or <laughs> Mad Dehef, who can't return any phone calls and can't remember anything you talked about the previous day. It's about you, JP, <laughs> who I noticed. Oh, that, yeah, I noticed that you've you actually got a bit of me a, up. No, I haven't set you up. You've you got a bit of a promo. Has anyone rung you? I'll tell you, you what. No, no, nobody has. Someone's already ordered a bloody uh, drive, though. So no doubt, when I go to deliver it, they'll go. Well, where's my schnitzel? Well, there you. Well, there you go. At least you'll get be able to schedule a lunch. JP's uh, had a bit of an offer on this week with his uh, Apple Center that if you buy a time capsule, a one one gig, one terabyte or five hundred gigabyte time capsule, along with uh, uh, your machine, or perhaps JP's favourite, the uh, Neil Fulton. Uh, no Neil relation Pulton. to the people down at Border Town, um, seven hundred fifty right. gigabyte drive. You get a free lunch with. Oh, it doesn't say a free lunch. No, it, it doesn't, doesn't say free it lunch. Doesn't say it free. It says you can have a right. lunch. Just, I mean, JP will make time schnitzel, to have though. a schnitzel okay. with him. <laughs> Who'd yeah. want to? Exactly. I mean, you wouldn't have. Well, you haven't had a schnitzel with me for ages. And loving it. Let's move on to what's been happening in the last few days. Well, actually, we had the show with the Chris the other night, so there hasn't yes. been a great deal, but well, let's look forward to what's going deal. on this weekend. It's the uh, fourth and penultimate round of the uh, European, or Le Mans. Le Mans, series at Nürburgring. Mm-hmm. Um, Alan Simonson will be teaming up once again with uh, dual Super Cup champion Richard Westbrook and uh, Lars Eric Nielsen, fresh from his, well, recently fresh from his second Position at uh, the Le Mans 24-hour in the GT uh, third position in the GT2 class with yes. uh, Pierre Caffer and uh, Pierre Arret in the Ferrari 430, um, and uh, Alan Simonson with his excellent third place, best of the rest uh, result at the Spa 24-hour in the Gigawave Aston Martin GT1 Martin, car. Yeah. Um, and it's interesting because everyone's been doing a lot of racing lately. Uh, last weekend, uh, Richard Westbrook was the uh, winner of the GT2 Championship alongside uh, uh, Dirk Werner in um, the Farnbacher Lola's uh, mm. GT3 car, which is the American liaison that Farnbacher, German's Farnbacher Racing has in the American Le Mans series at the beautiful Wisconsin Road America circuit, uh, Road or America. Lake Elkhart. For those uh, who don't uh, know the area so well, a little bit of a German-inspired area where they insist on you having a brot on the hillside, which is really a brat worst, but they call right. it a brot. Um, is that also, the Americanisation of it, or the no? Americanisation? Uh, I think it's a it's a it's a double billing. It's an IRL, IRL, um, and. Um, ALMS combo, but geez, mm. one of the most uh, beautiful circuits to, to go to, and definitely uh, a great go kart track there. Where International Paulie and I had a huge battle, considering <laughs> I started half a lap behind him and uh, managed to catch up to him. And uh, to this day, he still can't uh, recognise the fact that he actually did start a half a lap in front. One of these <laughs> days, it'll all come down. And, but as you can see, oh, this is off. Rusty sausage. Uh, people like that caught up in the southern fried states um, obviously lose their memory fairly airy yes the rusty sausage is out the backyard having a bit of a snap sausage what's going on yeah. oh there you go tails yeah, up definitely something going on we were, we were um, buzzed by a large herd of 
herd. A herd. A herd. Is it a herd? Maybe not. Of um, white sulphur-crested cockatoos. Ah. Uh-huh. Last week. Is it a? Yeah. A, it's a that time flurry? of year for those. A flurry? No, I think it's just a good old. Um, Whatever you call a flock of birds. A flock of birds. Flock. And at the same time, a... Flock a of cock. A twos. Uh, at the same time, a very large uh, kookaburra flew straight by us and into the glass panels where we were sitting there and it sort of... Blah, 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 <laughs> and <laughs> didn't know where it was at. Well, the kookaburras must all be going crazy at the, this time of the year because yesterday morning up at our place, we were two out on the edge of the um, balustrade of, of the deck just sitting there laughing their heads off. Maybe Should they saw me through the window. Nurburgring is the uh, home circuit for the Farnbarsha racing team. And uh, more, more importantly, they have taken the new engine upgrade, the 4-litre upgrade for their 997 GT3 RSR. Uh, no one else has run this uh, engine so far, mm. but the uh, IMSA performance uh, team of uh, Narrick and Leeds will, be, will have it. And more than likely, the Felbermeyer uh, racing a Porsche of um, Alex Davison and Mark oh, yeah. Lieb will also be doing that. But uh, that should create a bit of a, a parody there between themselves and the Ferraris. Although the Ferraris are the car that struggles on the tighter tracks where they they have lower torque coming out of the corners. be interesting to see, obviously, with the new engine like that, their data will be somewhat irrelevant when it comes to fuel mapping. Mm, but um, no doubt they will have a bunch of strategies up their sleeve to be able to uh, roll out as the safety cars, should they appear, um, arrive on track. So it should be a very good battle this weekend. I think it would be nice for those guys to get a good result because be they great. haven't uh, they haven't had much luck with the, um, the unfortunate demise of the car getting caught up in slower tracks in the opening round at Valencia. And then uh, the win at Monza, which was very, very good, but uh, a half-shaft failure for both yeah. the Ferrari and the Porsche Farnbach uh, um, car, which is a bit unusual at, sorry, at um, Spa, a bit unusual for one team to run one of each. Yes. But when they both had half-shaft failures from the same <laughs> manufacturer, well, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to work out that um, someone's not getting paid. <laughs> so, uh, yes, that, that's, uh, that's, that's going to be good. Now, um, the uh, following week will be the uh, final round, I think, of the uh, Avon Tyres British GT Championship. Now, Alan Simonson and uh, Hector Lester in the... In the Christians in Motorsport, yeah. Motorsport Ferrari 430 GT3 will not be uh, able to win it, but the best they can do mm. is probably bring themselves back up to third, possibly second. So uh, the field is a little bit depleted. Some of the uh, uh, the entrants have uh, taken their bat and ball and run home, feeling that the parity oh, really? isn't quite right. So we only have a field of 23 cars, and mm, uh, of that... Uh, Two, four, six, seven of those. Actually, only 16 are GD3 cars. So we've got uh, a couple of Vi- three Vi- four Vipers, an Aston Martin, um, one Ascari. The Ascari is making a return. Four uh, Ferraris and uh, three uh, Galados. Mm. And, uh, sorry, five Ferraris. So there you go. So, and should not be good. much else. Should be good. At and where's that? Adelbert Silverstone. Silverstone, right, okay. The following weekend, that'll be good practice for uh, Mr. Simonson because the following weekend, uh, or the rather, no, two weekends after that, will be the 12th to the 14th of August, will be the penultimate, or the final round of the Le Mans series. Not so he's got a bit of a busy... Four, not the 12th to the 14th of August, Johnny. It's it, already the 14th of August today. September. September, that might be better. The clear is there. Yeah. <laughs> well, don't say August when you mean it. Anyway, he's pretty busy with uh, Bucharest coming up. 
uh, I think in uh, weekend after this, the next round of FIA GT, and then it just rolls on and on and on and on and on and on from there. And now last week on this show, on episode 88, I mentioned that I'd be off to uh, a dam. I, I mentioned that I'd be off to uh, St. Louis in Argentina for the final round of FIA GT, a championship with Alan, uh, a a new track, also yep. a revitalised track, which is right in the centre of Argentina, which actually lives inside a volcano. Well, damn, I've had a look at the calendar, and unfortunately it's the same week as Keithy George and I, our ex-expose uh, again in uh, Classic Adelaide. Eh. I'm annoyed. I mean, here you could... There you go. This is the choice. Do I want to travel across the world to watch people race, or do I want to stay here in my backyard and race myself? Well, obviously the latter. Yeah. No, volcano. I want to go to the volcano. Oh, well. Fine. <laughs> I really do. <laughs> There's always next year. There is always next year. So there's a bit of a dilemma as to what uh, really is. So what dates Classic Adelaide? Classic Adelaide is the week leading up till the 29th, 24th through 29th of uh, November. November. Yes. Right. Okay. So there you go. So three weeks after um, Lake Mountain. No. Um, You know what I mean. Now what have you got for us? You've got a little bit of something for us. A little bit. Come on. What? Wake up. I am awake. Get your act together. Yes. I mean, you really need to pull your finger out and get some materials. <laughs> I've had so much stuff to I don't care. I'm week. just not interested. Honestly, I, I don't, don't care whether you're interested or not. But the viewers are. The viewers, well, the viewers think you're very slack. Yeah, I know the viewers think I'm slack. That's fine. They're terribly slack. They're, They're terribly slacked that. off about you. <laughs> So and so you're, those, you're snappy. Oh, no, I'm not. No, I'm not at all snappy. I'm just efficient. Efficient. Well, that's right. I'm glad you're efficient. All right. I'm going to give you a snippet of information. Snippet, read and digest. Snippet. Because yeah. it's up to you, really, to, to explain this. Because I really don't have an understanding of it. But uh, earlier in the week, that ITV Sport commentator Martin Brunnell got himself in a bit of mm. poo mm. for calling people pikeys. Oh, yeah, yeah now I don't understand the oh, terms. So, uh, all about that. Well, well, okay, well, I'll give you, soon I'll print it out for you so you yeah. can have a bit of a read. Well, you, but, uh, you might was, as well read it out and I'll tell you about the pikey business. Okay, well, there right. you go. Uh, he was having a bit of a walk with uh, Bernie Eccleston uh, at uh, the Canadian Grand Prix and uh, they were doing a bit of track work and he said, uh, look, there's a couple of, there's some pikeys out there putting down some new tarmac at turn 10. Are they out of the way yet? Thinking that he had actually made a soft hearted um, uh, uh, comment towards uh, Irishmen. Now, maybe, what, what can you tell us about well, that? Well, they're not, I mean, a pikeys is not really Irishman, actually. Pikeys is, is what the Poms refer to. Um, uh, How would it be seen as derogatory? Well, it is because it is a derogatory in as much as um, gypsies, effectively, were known as pikeys over in the UK. And they get a lot of gypsies over there. And... Um, they basically arrive in a fleet full of uh, cranky old caravans and set up uh, set up shop wherever they can find those rounded clear, ones, clear with the, like, really size that they have at the championship. Oh, the really big ones in New that Zealand. you need a four wheel drive to pull, and you know, and it's a, the four wheel drive that's pulling it's a lot of garbage. And um, yeah, and so then they go looking for work, and obviously uh, road building and similar unskilled pursuits are uh, the order of the day. Is that with the hanky with the twisted corners? No, nobody really does that anymore. Well, why not? Because they don't. Oh, how do you know? So anyway... Um, what, no one uses hankies? They just <laughs> wipe them on their sleeve? <laughs> so the pikeys were putting down the uh, putting down the tarmac. Um, well, they're talking however, the t- there, was a, there was another real um, Do they think, that they think they're above the tarmac? 
there was an I- interesting. <laughs> no, there was a, there was a reference to pikies in either last week. No, it couldn't have been last week because the Olympics is on, so we haven't had it. Would have been the week before. On, um, I think it was actually Richard Hammond said it on Top Gear, and they were referring Who? Richard Hammond on Top Gear Who was referring to. Shut up. What is to, that show all about? Yeah, I don't know. I haven't worked it out yet. But when you do, let me know. Anyway. Maybe someone will come up with a real motorsport show. Yeah, and they were, they were talking about... And somebody made a remark about pikeys anyway on that. So And they never got chastised for it. It's because they so, don't have an audience. Well, maybe not. Or like ourselves. when it was shown out here 12 months later or whatever, nobody knew anyway what a pikey was. So there you go, viewers. Gypsies, pikeys. Will the uh, Nurburgring Le Mans uh, 4 race be won by Peugeot yet again? They have won every race last year and every race this year in the Le Mans series, but failed to be able to get it together at uh, the Le Mans 24 hour, invariably because they couldn't go the distance on the fuel. In fact, there's been a couple of regulation changes there. They are actually increasing the fuel size for the diesel uh, LMP1 cars, or diesel. uh, But I thought the diesels were getting... Uh, a lot more mileage per fill-up than the regular cars anyway, and that was one of the advantages. That could well be so, but I think they might be slowing down the input fuel. It's only a few litres, but mm. it does mm. seem a little bit odd, considering I haven't read the fine details of it, uh, but uh, they are getting a fuel increase. Um, and I would suggest that you would the, uh, the Audi R10 will be... Fast on the road and be very, very consistent, but the Peugeots are going to be up there. But the Audis will be there if anything goes wrong. Uh, the Audi R10 due to be replaced in 2010. With when the rule changes, because they've all got to be closed in. Is that correct? Are they following those rules in uh, LMS? Uh, well, who knows what happens between now and then, because right. uh, they, those rules came out a few uh, a while ago, but it didn't look very elegant, did it, having mechanics with their legs in the air, <laughs> like into a um, giving someone a little bit of pleasure on the yeah. fuel stop. A pleasure. What? You fool. What? <laughs> what? What do you mean, Look at his feet clean. <laughs> but I'm yeah, sorry. a large entry of 49 cars. Mmm. Mmm. There's been trouble. Uh-oh. There's been Johnny's talking trouble. with his mouth full again, viewers. Mmm. Mmm. Come on, get that chip out of your mouth. There's been trouble. Uh-oh. In the technology land, and uh, it's oh, there's been a lot of trouble in technology land. But we don't want to turn this into a technology show, but it, it, it's really hard to ignore the fact that most of the world is polarised now at um, the uh, new Apple iPhone, and uh, the the rate of uh, adoption is very, yeah. uh, very, very uh, adoption's a better word than take up. It's a single word as opposed to two, um, simply because everyone has been taking them up. <laughs> Or even adopting them. And of course, when you take them up and you connect, everybody's trying to connect at the same time and probably the user experience is uh, difficult to, to manage. And in fact, in some respect, this goes back to the whole uh, problem with Apple is that they, you know, with their, their channel, they communicate, the company communicates globally and when there's a local problem, that's the reseller's responsibility to manage, manage the issue. And you can't, you can't temperament a global piece of communication. You know, like, sorry, but Argentina gets, not that Argentina's on the list this week, but Argentina gets the, um, just as much sort of, you know, oh, I want one, just yep. as wet about an iPhone yep. as any other part of the world. Well, 
I've run into three individual people in three states in the last few days who have all bought these new phones and are feeling that the uh, the buying the user experience is, is very very shabby indeed that uh, the 3G connection is being yes very very ordinary and I'm just reading this afternoon that now it appears that um, there's a bit of a haggle going on whether it's actually a hardware or a software um, problem um, Infineon is the chipset inside uh, the 3G phone and sources are saying that uh, Apple might try to address the problem with a software update rather than the hardware recall. Now, that's obviously economically well, yeah. a much, a much better recall? thing. But it, no one's actually saying uh, that there is a bit of a problem. But when you look at it from a logical point of view, you know, you've got everybody at the same time trying to use it. And, it's, and the way that the technology works, it says, look, if I don't feel there's a sufficient enough signal for yes. me to adopt the 3G network, then I'll fall back to the slower 2G network. Well, today I failed to be able to get... Actually, had lunch with Bryce Washington, yeah. the career Cup driver who uh, will be uh, having a very, very big year next year. Um, some exciting news there, but that will be for another show. Um, was very, very disappointed with his, uh, his, his 3G phone, um, having updated it to 201 software last night. But basically, they're sort of saying that I think a combination of... So many people being enthusiastic about the phone and wanting to show off its capabilities to their friends at the same moment that it's just simply like making the systems fall over. Yep. So that's bad for business. It is bad for business, but it's bad. <laughs> Dare I say it, we come back to the telcos again. Well, I'm not sure whether the telcos uh, specifically, rushed, because this is not to get this the is device not a, out. They all, they've all rushed their networks. I mean, you only got to look at Vodafone. But we are not... Listen, let's, let's go outside Australia, JP. We're not talking about Australia. No, I know. Here. But I I mean, it wouldn't uh, be any different anywhere else in the world. But the, if, uh, but the infrastructure elsewhere in, in, elsewhere in the world is probably a lot more sophisticated. Let's go to the US market. Okay, if you, if you take the economy of scale into consideration and the number of people, it probably normalises it much down to what we have, like 20 million people yeah. versus 300 million yeah, people. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so the performance is... is down mm. but um that's bad for apple because they're getting a, a they're getting a negative well they, you know it's something it's very very difficult to something to be able that to could be a good product concentrate now the phone is ringing and, and uh, uh, i think we've got a guest on, uh, the, on the yeah line. i do hello 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 who's that this would be Marcus Akanovic calling. Is that John Hart and JP at their phone? <laughs> yes, it is, Marcus. Marcus. How are you? Jeez, you're on the ball today. You rang on the minute. <laughs> <laughs> oh, mate, it's all, it's all about, it all comes down to the tenth of the second when you're a race car driver. I mean, oh. who would have thought that you would suddenly ring in like that? <laughs> I don't know. I had a little birdie just fly past the window of my car and said, hey, you got to ring John and JP in Adelaide. <laughs> How are you, mate? Very well, thank you. What's been going on? Oh, uh, well, lots has lots has taken place since uh, my last appearance on the Grand Radio Hot Lap Show. <laughs> um, I've got a little bit older, a little bit less hair, I suppose. Um, <laughs> no, look, I've uh, you know had. And you've a, been to the US. A taste of American racing. Yeah, I heard you've been over to the US. Uh, your dad had told me that you've been over buying a few exotics and stuff like that and bringing them back for a bit of, you know, conversion and, and um, interesting stuff, some rare items that Australia doesn't have. But, but yeah, you've had a bit of a, a sample of the southern states, son. Yeah, had a sample of the good old boys, Reese. Come <laughs> over here and Reese, a bit of NASCAR. 
No, we, um, went over and had a uh, test drive in a Grand National West NASCAR, which is basically two tiers down from, uh, from your top level. So you obviously have your Sprint Cup NASCAR, then you have your Nationwide Bush Series where uh, Ambrose is currently, or now he's just taking a step up. Yep. But, uh, and then one underneath that, which is, I think, the car-wise or equivalent to a Craftsman's truck. But obviously a truck is a truck, and the Grand National Series is like, uh, you know, one under, one under the Bush Series. So, um, yeah, it was a great experience, actually. Whereabouts did you test the car, uh, Marcus? And and what what sort of what's the technology like? Is it very you know is it very sort of um, earthy sort of hammer and tongs sort of thing, or is it a bit of, there's a bit of tech there? Um, well, I mean, look, the the cars are actually a very simple sort of design car. They don't have any computer management systems in them, any sort of electronical stuff like that. It's just all you know, very much old school where they run carburetors and and just the standard tachometer with, you know, your oil pressure gauge and water temp gauge. So in terms of technology compared to our V8 supercars in Australia, they're very, very agricultural, very simple. They're not high-tech at all. But in saying that too, I mean, obviously, you know, the aerodynamics packages on them are just, like, probably far more superior than what we've got out here because of just the simple speeds that they have to carry around the ovals, you know. The cars have to stick to the ground, otherwise... You know, the last thing you want to do is fire into a concrete fence at 190 mile an hour. <laughs> the, um, the, the view we get of the inside of NASCARs, it always seems to show the drivers almost sitting on top of the steering wheel, whereas traditionally a lot of drivers like to like to drive with their hands fairly straight. Was, was that the case? It is the case, but I actually, well, i got to explain to, to me why they do that. Uh, a big thing when you're a circuit racer and you go to that oval style of driving is the reflexes that you have in a, in, a, in a road course car are actually a lot faster than what it is in those kind of cars. And what happens is if you're sitting a little bit more away from the wheel with your arms extended and, and, and a comfortable grip on it, you're actually, you actually reaction time to correct uh, you know, a little bit of oversteer or understeer or anything like that happens a lot faster the more away from it you are. It, it's, it's very weird to understand, but when you're sitting on top of the wheel and cramped in, in, in what probably would be the best way to describe it, when you're cramped, it actually slows down the reaction because the last thing you want to do when you're, you know, 180, 190 mile an hour, like, for example, that you would enter... Uh, turn one at, at California Speedway, um, you know, if you're right on top of the wheel for some reason, it actually slows down the reaction time of the little correction. You know, when the car starts to get a little bit of attitude, you know, if you're sort of back comfortable and relaxed kind of thing, you know, you, your arms have got plenty of room to sort of react really quickly, whereas if you sort of take away the leverage that you've got in your arms, then it sort of, it actually slows it down and you don't actually reef on the wheel and cause the car to turn itself inside out. And, so it's a bit know, of a self-protection mechanism, really, isn't it? Sorry? It's a bit of a self-protection mechanism. Yeah, basically. Basically, because the general, like, at that speed, you know, your mind is really trained right up to, to react really fast. And that's the last thing you want to do in those kind of cars is act, uh, you know, react really fast on the wheel because it, at, at that speed it'll just break and you'll end up, you know, sideways or backwards into a fence. So you just so, both, 
you, but you, also too, it does help for, for the long distance for the two hours. You know, sitting, you don't get the tiring in the arms, and because you don't get much of a chance to sort of relax. You know, you kind of go through the turns a lot, and you're sort of leaning on the wheel. Then that's you know, it kind of helps for long distance wise too. I would imagine. Mm, sounds fair to me. Um, so you, you you basically what you're saying really is that you you can't sort of do that really quick reaction and overreact and oversteer or you know like when you see people who aren't used to driving fast and they get on the dirt and they just yank on the wheel too quick and then you know the car ends up rolling or whatever it's sort of designed to to alleviate that sort of situation that's exactly it like it's just you know like the cars are actually they're very big they're very heavy and um you know at that sort of speed you don't want to be too savage on the car they don't I mean, probably like a V8 supercar too. They don't like a lot of direction change as such in the direct, like the body roll of the car, for example. Mm-hmm. You know, like for example, with a supercar, you come down the main straightaway, you jump on the brakes really hard. The one, you know, the first transition is the nose dive on the brakes. Then the next transition is the turn into the corner, and then the next transition is, you know, power down. Same sort of thing, like the, the cars don't like to be upset with too many different sort of you know, weight transitions, so the slower you react to the, you know, to the slide at that speed, the lot nicer it is on the car, and that's one thing you really have to learn to try and tune into your mind is to, you know, don't overreact with the corrections on the car. And are they sprung soft like V8 supercars are? Like, I was amazed when I first went for a hot lap that how soft they seem, you know, compared to like a, a tricked up road car that's, you know, got really, really stiff springs and, and, and is lowered somewhat or whatever, how soft the suspension is and how forgiving it is, uh, are, the, uh, are the NASCARs sort of uh, got the same same sort of setup suspension-wise? Um, they, they're actually a little bit different with... Um, basically, they, they, they tend to run... From my understanding, I think the setup in the car that I ran had somewhere along the lines of, you know... Or, you know, two, maybe 300 PSI springs in the front, 300 pound springs, mm. uh, to, you know, to 800s in the rear, and lots and lots of sway bar in it, so very, very stiff sway bars, which help support the front uh, under sort of, you know, st- stability under sort of turning and things like that. Yep. But the soft springs help for keeping the nose on the ground, you know, with the aero and on the brakes, right. that sort of stuff. Hmm. You want the car as low to the ground in the front end as possible because obviously the aero package is just so important on those cars. Marcus, which uh, circuit did you test at and uh, what type of track was it? Was it like a, a tri-oval or, or just a regular um, oval? And, and what was the what was the banking incline? Okay, the, the track I tested at was Irwindale Speedway it's, uh, in, in Irwindale, California. And uh, it lost, it's just out of the northern northeastern suburb of uh, Los Angeles there, right. and uh, the track is a half mile track, it's really, really small, and it had a, a banking of approximately 19 degrees, I think, mm. which uh, I don't think is as steep as our Thunderdome here in, the stra- in Australia, but, um, you know, it's not far away from it, it was definitely a banking on it, like I definitely did feel the difference in, in G-force on the body, like I did come out after the day with a slightly stiff neck on one side. So, um, obviously being a road course driver, you don't tend to get a lot of that, whereas these guys, you know, constantly going in one direction, round and round and round for two hours straight, you know, if you're not used to it, you get a sore neck. 
Hey, what's uh, what's the performance uh, of the vehicle like? How does it feel? Does it accelerate well? Is it does it obviously you have don't have a lot of terminal speed there, but um, what does it feel it's like? Actually, it's actually surprising on a half mile circuit. Um, and actually, the acceleration rate was was quite amazing. Like they they run something in at like five point six rear diff ratio. You know, considering you know a V eight supercar at at Bathurst will run three two threes. You know. Yeah. So 5.6, like, basically you pop it in the top gear and you don't change gears. And on a half-mile circuit, I was still seeing 8,500 RPM on the engine tacker. I mean, a half-mile circuit would be almost like what they would do for sprint car racing. Yeah. That, that's a very it's short track. It's a bigger track than a, you know, than a sort of sprint car circuit. And it was very, it's very, very tight, but, you know, like it was a track just to, It was just good to get the feel of the banking... Get the feel of the car. I mean, the, the lap time around the circuit was only 19 seconds, and that was a reasonably fast lap for me. Like, I think I did a, a, a 19.3, and that matched the uh, the regular driver. So, um, so you had you to know, be happy with that. Was, <laughs> sorry. You had to be happy with that then. Yeah, I was. I kind of got out of the car, and the team manager, who was uh, Tracy Phelps from Phelps Motorsport, uh, he's kind of come running up. And said, uh, you know, look, your times are pretty much same as uh, our, our driver. How good is this? You know, considering <laughs> someone who's come from a road course and you know not used to driving next to concrete barriers. You know, he was he was shocked, and I think I was too, just for the fact that it's a totally different concept. You know, you're sitting the left hand side of the car, you're changing gears with your right hand, uh, you're going around an oval. You know, you're doing thirty laps. In, in you know, which is equivalent to five huts back home. So it's you know, all these factors just weighed into account. And it was just a great experience to, to come out with that sort of result. Did it have the obligatory eight ball for the gear stick knob? <laughs> <laughs> no, no. This particular car had the see-through one with the red back spider. Oh, oh. no! Well, I didn't know. I didn't think they got red backs in California. Oh dear. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, having had a sample of that, now you can obviously realise, well, I'm sure you did anyway, that, geez, what a huge learning curve it is to go uh, NASCAR racing and oval racing and to now move on to something where, you know, a slightly longer track and even some of the longer tracks, that would be, be quite daunting. What's your take on on Marcus Ambrose's um, uh, progress through the NASCAR ranks? It's clear he will always shine where there's a, a road course there and there's a few other specialists uh, that, that will also do well at that kind of track and no doubt yourself would shine if you were to do that. Why do you think that he is... Um, why is it slow for him to move through the ranks in the Oval? Uh, it, it's kind of hard to say. I mean, us as viewers from you know, this side of the world, it's very hard to see all the factors in, in the scenario, you know, the team, the cars, the driving lots of stuff. Um, the, late, the last article I read, I think in the Herald Sun here, that said that um, the team is looking for a new manufacturer to supply them cars because I don't think the ones they have now can, can do the job. So, I mean, look, it's very hard to say, but speaking to a few different teams over there, you know, their take on it is it's actually easier for a road course guy to come and learn an oval you know, than it is for an oval guy to go and learn a road course. So, I mean, look, to me, to me, 
different layout, obviously, but you know, I, I think he's going to go okay. Once you can probably see, if you can see him in a better car, maybe. I mean, I don't know. I've never seen the team. I don't know the cars. I don't know the history. But from the last article, like, from what I can understand, is that you know, I don't think the equipment's up to the job. And uh, it, you know, because of his expertise and road course, he probably makes that car look a lot better than what it actually is, just for his sheer talent that he's got. You know, to drive on a road course. You know. Marcus, if you were to choose that course uh, and to, to travel to the US and to start uh, in the lower ranks of NASCAR racing, trying to, to move up to where Marcus is or, or beyond, um, it, it appears that it's also quite a mental game there. There's a, a great deal of, uh, I, I say I read a great deal of information about Marcus's attitude towards racing, that he has respect for the people, whether he has it or not. But he's giving it out there and telling them, you know, I want to do the right thing by you guys. I don't want to be taking you off. Which you don't hear this kind of chatter uh, back in Australia. Um, what do you, what do you, what's your take on that? From a, you know, it's almost a half political point of view. Well, from my understanding, I mean, it is a very, it's, oh, wow. it's kind of hard to describe. But I, I think, I believe it's very clicky. Like it's a very close knit, you know, circuit. Hence that. You know, the good old boy saying is basically, you know, if you don't, if you're not accepted in the, mm. into the whole, you know, into the into the little world of NASCAR, then I don't think you stand a chance. And I think Marcus has gone around, you know, around it the right way. You know, he's kind of gone in, you know, stand on anyone's toes and just trying to earn the respect from the drivers as a fellow driver, not as an outsider sort of thing, you know. And, and hopefully, he, you know, I think he's been accepted in that. And you can actually race fairly now with them and, and race hard. And I think they understand that, you know, that, that he is going to be a power to, you know, someone that they're going to have to keep an eye on because he's, you know, a very talented driver. I think in this article, the same article I read, uh, Dale, uh, not Dale, Jared, uh, one of the other guys actually commented on it. He said he's definitely the best road course racer out there by far, you know. So mm. I think he understands. And then, you know, so that's probably one guy 
goal, I'm going to try and get, try and earn my respect to try and get in there if I can and race NASCAR. And that's try and compete at this uh, East versus West Grand National Series race in Iowa, I think it is, which is somewhere in the middle where they meet. And uh, hopefully try and impress some of the guys on the East Coast and maybe try and earn myself a drive somewhere if I can. Well, uh, Marcus, it's, a, it's definitely a very different uh, way of doing things than we have here in Australia. Um, wish, you, wish you all the best yeah, if, you, if you give that a go. Um, and probably it, it will be frustrating at times where you have to be more diplomatic when you just feel like you just want to <laughs> want to give it to them. Whereas back here, it's a case of, um, listen, look, I'm going up the inside, make other arrangements. <laughs> weeks ago Winton uh, very very cold up there you started off well uh, with uh, with uh, your practice session uh, with third and then going on to first in the second uh, practice session but after that you just you just didn't feel like the car was uh, was working for you few weeks earlier you'd uh, taken the uh, the Commodore Cup car out and that must have been a very pleasant weekend for you to uh, to turn up you know they go who are you oh remember me I, I, I won this <laughs> yeah, stuff a, a little bit before <laughs> oh, I'm fastest in practice sessions and, and, and I'm pole and I've won all three races and, and then I'm disappearing see you later it must have been <laughs> quite pleasing for you to come along and sort of go hey, high irritation factor for the rest and 
get back to what I enjoy, you know, it's racing and obviously, you know, try and win, which is, you know, I did have a couple of wins there, so that was a, that was a bonus as well. But, you know, just really get back to enjoying the racing and get myself excited about, you know, continuing on. And that's, and that's what we did. And do you think that that gives you more confidence when you get into your next, um, you know, uh, supercar uh, race? That the fact that you've you've had those wins and you're feeling good about how you performed, you know, the last time you raced. Yeah, it definitely gives you a bit of confidence, but more so for my sake, it actually just reminds me of uh, how much I enjoy racing and enjoy, you know, sometimes in bad supercars the politics can be a little bit much and. You know, on track stuff can you know it can really get to you, but you know, it's just always with a race like that, it just reminds you that hey, you are in this because you do love it, you know. And then and then when I go out the gate for the first practice in the VA, you know, you just think to yourself, yeah, that you know, I, I really do love this, and you know, can't yeah. wait to keep going around, around, around. So <laughs> you know, it, do, it does give you confidence, but it more so just you know reminds you that you actually you know are in it because you love it. And, that's why I do it, you know. Dad, Dad and I do it together as, as a family, father and son, as mates, is because we love car racing. So, you know, and to get a good result definitely carries a bit of confidence into it, as well as reminding you that, hey, we're having fun while we're doing it. Good for you. Well, Bathurst is coming up for you soon, mate, so uh, I know you always shine there. Uh, I don't know about the weather, but uh, let's hope that it will be a, a safe and positive event for you and actually you get to race all the laps and it doesn't end up being a safety car affair. challenge you know to bring the car home in one piece and to know that you've conquered the mountain it's uh you know it's a good thing so hopefully we can go up there and you know we're just trying to find a bit more speed out of the car and i think it's now just probably fine-tuning the car a little bit more to my driving style now that i've done you know a season in it and you know a few races this year i've probably started to develop my own craft and now it's probably just a matter of fine-tuning the car to suit my craft in, in that particular car so you know, if we can find probably half a second, I reckon we can sort of be up in amongst, you know, the top five drivers and, and maybe attack, you know, have a chance at a podium somewhere. So that's the game plan for, for Bathurst. Well, congratulations, Marcus Sakanovic. You have, are the proud winner of a brand new 17-inch Mac PowerBook Pro, uh, MacBook Pro, courtesy of um, Mac Center Norwood, with all the goodies and bells and whistles and every bit of software you can imagine, and a little lovely bag uh, onto it. Amazing! Thanks, JP. That's great for giving that no to Marcus. No worries, it's fine. And uh, and thanks for coming across from the dark side, son. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, the so biggest I'm, uh, bit. Welcome to the world of the great apple. That's it. You'll love it. But that's not all. Included with that is a bottle of Swedish Santa Maria all-round grill oil. Perfect on every chop. Not that we're getting sponsored by them, but I just want some more from Lars in Sweden other than Denmark to send it down because I drank the last bottle. <laughs> Lovely. That'll go great. I'll, uh, I'll have uh, the next radio hot lap show. I'll have the Apple Mac set up on, on the bench top there with the wireless internet whilst uh, frying the uh, chops up with the lovely oil. And if you've got any oil left over, you can put it in your diff. <laughs> That's right. Yes. Always have a chop up if you can. That's it. <laughs> All right, mate. Thanks for talking tonight. Righto, gents. You enjoy the rest of your show. And we'll, uh, we'll chat on the next episode. No worries. Cheers, Marcus. Thanks, mate. Thanks, See you, mate. Bye. See ya. Bye. Oh, that was good to hear from him. We haven't talked to him for ages. In fact, we haven't got a few people on for a while, but who cares? We it's all about us. <laughs> this is great. <laughs>
rate this on. Do you want to try a bit? You but should. You've done this before. No, but they might not. This is deja vu. No, but I, I, look, you've I, given me some before. It's nice. I liked it. Oh, I can't get. You've in. used it all. There's none. There's none in there, viewers. It's an empty bottle. He's clutching at straws. Oh, it's just lovely. Well, one of it. Oh dear. That's good to so hear. So is Lars going to send some more down? He's going to send some more down. A, a carton? Carton. Carton grill oil? <laughs> Slab of grill oil, thanks, mate. There's some figures that have just come out in the last uh, couple of days. In Uh-oh. fact, uh, in the last 24 hours, that uh, Apple's market capitalisation is now $157 billion, which actually makes it more than Google, 156 which makes sense considering Google doesn't make anything physical. True. So I'm okay with that. But Microsoft is still but the highest. Apple, at yeah. $255 billion, IBM $169, Apple $157, Google $156, Cisco, and networking company $152, Intel, chips $135, HP $111, Nokia $97, and Disney $59. Jeez. Oh, Disney. And Dell at $50 billion. Huh. Huh. There you go. Serious sort of stuff. There was a fire the other day. There was. At Apple's at, headquarters yes. in Cupertino. One infinite loop. Yep. Uh, Cupertino. Building number six. Building six. Air conditioning problem. It could have been an R&D. It could have been an unwanted R&D. Or it could have been a... Uh, Microsoft air conditioning employees. <laughs> <laughs> Off-site. That's right. <laughs> Apple today's released uh, movies online through uh, the Australian and New Zealand iTunes, iTunes. Mu- mu- music store, but uh, not a great deal of choice. Well, there. There I think I really haven't seen before. Either, you know, but there but, you go. It'll come. It'll come. You can well, just give well. it time. Better, better choice. But the previews are good. <laughs> the previews have always been good. Widescreen <laughs> <laughs> previews of the dark side were good, bloody years ago. Yes, I don't. Know. Whatever. But that's now uh, I've got to have a bitch and whinge. Go on and moan while we're talking technology. Adobe, yeah, get ruined my rid life. of that stupid bloody. Um, when you go off, well, when you've installed CS3 and it goes and does its well, authorisation. Well, tell, tell the viewers what CS3 I don't know about that. I just Adobe, don't assume the viewers know. They come Adobe, in here with no research and just go off oh, on Adobe, tangential <laughs> acronyms. Adobe Creative Suite 3 has got this annoying thing where not only do you have to put your serial number in and if you're upgrading the number of the version that you're upgrading from, which you have to pull, or which you have to choose from a pull-down menu, but you also have to get authorised at Adobe's website. So basically, once you've done all the rubbish and installed it, which takes forever anyway, you press this button and it goes off and it goes along on the web, goes to Adobe's website and says, hello, I'm version CS3, blah, blah, blah. This is my serial number. And Adobe go, oh, yeah, we've been waiting for you to register. We produced you at the factory two and a half months ago. Yeah, you're all right. And you get authorised, which is great. But you only get two authorizations. Now, that's worked on the basis that you either get authorised for your machine, and then if you have a breakdown later on, you can reinstall the software and you'll get a second authorization, Or it works on the theory that you've got a, a desktop and you've installed on the desktop and you get authorised, and then you put it on a laptop and you then get authorised for your laptop as well. Once you've had those two authorizations, you have to deauthorize one of the computers that you've got it on in order to put it on another computer. And I've been in this situation where I've been upgrading people from old computers to new computers, and so they've already had two authorizations in, in a lot of cases. So you have to deal. If deauthorize doesn't work, you've got to ring halfway around the world 
to try and get authorization again and sit on the phone for half an hour. It just is a load of rubbish. I'm sorry, doesn't work, hate it, enough said. And would you strike me from being part of your reseller you agreement? That's right. <laughs> well, I think we're just about running out of time because it's hungry time and we've done it two is. shows in, in less yeah. than a week. But I thought it's not roast time and it's not barbecue time, or is it? Well, in you fact, could it is. I've come up with this absolute little glamour JP I'd like to point out. In fact, I brought a sample down for you, you here actually, tonight. And in fact, you've tried one of these before. I was going to say, we've had this before. You have. These are uh, little skewers of fine, thin beef fillet wrapped with basil. Mm. With a little bit of drizzle, with a little bit of olive oil. And they're no very, very nice. And you can see the little five little yeah, roundettes. Sensational. You've had them, they are beautiful. Yeah. And this one here is yeah. a backstrap lamb skewer. Now, oh. they work best with about, what, one inch square cubes, yep. really quite chunky, uh, a, the size off. of a large block of ice. With yep. a bit of onion and some a red and green capsicum. In fact, I find the red capsicum actually has a little bit more flavour yes, when cooked. I don't know why that is, but um, and they're more expensive to buy. Yes, why? Because they're red and they're more flavoursome. That's right. But uh, give that uh, a, a bit of a shake of nostromini. Oh, oh yes. yes, the nostromini. Now that's a South Australian. South it Earth. is South Australian thing from. Giorgani's brothers. Giorgani's yeah. brothers, yes, right. Yeah. Um, perfect with a, a bit of nice veal, some beautiful Ooh, veal yum. here. Now, the way that I like to cook veal, because people don't not know, we're not doing scallopini, but people think schnitzels are veal. They're not, they're just cheap beef. Real Wiener schnitzel, a German, Austrian mm. actually, the way it is yeah. done is that you would get a very thin slice of, of veal, which is young beef. And then that's never seen the light and then, of day. Uh, never seen the light of day. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's Austrian. It's kept down under the house <laughs> until the age of fourteen, and it is sliced ever so thinly. The whole idea then is to get a couple of eggs, bash them around together, and put a little bit of perhaps the the vajata vegetable uh, sprinkle in there. Then dip it in there so it's fully coated before dumping it into some really nice simple breadcrumbs. Don't use the uh, uh, Kellogg's cornflakes breadcrumbs because they're absolute rubbish. Good for breakfast, but they're hopeless for doing this sort of stuff. And then get into a hot pan, but half oil, half butter, and keep adding the butter into it so that it doesn't uh, it doesn't burn. Very very quickly uh, cooked. Uh, leaving, but being, bearing in mind that some of the heat inside the, the meat as you cook it will continue to cook it as it sits on the place resting. A little bit of lemon on top, and that is just the perfect dinner. And in fact, I would do this for JP tonight, but uh, we've decided that we're going to go out up the road for our Fortuna Court Canasi special that we haven't been to for quite a while. Oh, baby. Oh, how many weeks? Four, weeks. Five weeks. Weeks, 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 weeks. Yeah, I reckon. They'll be missing us. We won't be a regular spot. There's nothing else to say. There's not really. That's about it. See you later. Good night, viewers.